What is up, everybody? This is the Anything I Want podcast, where I talk about anything that I want to talk about. So today, we're going to talk about the pay-per-view that just happened, Stomping Grounds. The WWE put out this pay-per-view a couple weeks after the Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia, but you can't say it out on TV. And it actually was a lot better than I think most people expected, myself included. This was a pay-per-view that had a lot of rematches and only had two weeks of build. So how good can it be? Let's find out. So, I honestly didn't watch the Cruiserweight uh, Triple Threat um, because it was on the pre-show and I kind of got a bit late to starting the show. But I will say that I am incredibly excited that Drew Gulak is the Cruiserweight Champion. I think it's been long deserved because this guy's been around since the beginning and I was really starting to get entertained by him when he kind of morphed into his kind of goofier character in 2017. But then when he got even more like serious and aggressive in 2018, I really fell in love with the guy. So I'm happy he's finally won the Cruiserweight Championship from Tony Nese and Akira Tozawa in a triple threat match that I'm sure was really fun because Cruiserweights never really disappoint in the ring, which is why I'm surprised 205 Live still doesn't have the big audience that I think it deserves. Anyway, with that out of the way, let's get on to the main show. The main show kicked off with Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans for the Raw Women's Championship. Now, a lot of people aren't that big on Lacey Evans, and I can understand. Me personally, I'm a bit meh on her. She's okay in the ring, and I'm starting to get her character like a lot more than I was in NXT, because NXT didn't really focus on her character that much, as far as I can tell. But I still think that Becky could have probably gone with a different opponent to start off her big title reign. Now, I get, like, Lacey Evans, you know, new NXT star. want to see the potential of this new NXT star. But she is still fairly new to wrestling in general. So I think you would want to put her with somebody like, I don't know, Natalia for her first feud. Because Natalia, say what you want about her. I think she's terrible on the mic and at acting but she's a very good wrestler and is a main has been a mainstay of the divas or women's division sorry about that so i think that lacy go like beating natalia and maybe beating up some other um women wrestlers before she got to big lynch might have made her you know get to the fans a lot more than she has this match was honestly Eh. I mean, I do like Becky Lynch, and I'm, I don't hate Lacey Evans as much as everyone else does, but I don't know, this match just wasn't grabbing me. Like, it felt a bit too long. This match went almost 12 minutes. Their match at Money in the Bank went only 8. So I think maybe it just went a bit long, or I don't know, but like, I just wasn't really feeling it, you know? Becky wins after Lacey taps out to the disarmor in seconds. Like, and here I'm thinking, like, if you're going to be, like, this main women's title contender, why would you tap out to a, to a move in only seconds? Like, I get that this armor is supposed to be a devastating submission hold. I get that. But if you're a main title contender, you should at least last a bit longer in the move to, like, make yourself look like a serious threat. And Lacey Evans just, like, tapping out instantly just does not make her seem like that big of a threat. 
Now, hopefully, I want to see Becky kind of move on past this feud. Maybe feud with somebody else on the Raw Women's roster like Naomi. Who probably is the only woman who can fit that category. But judging by what happens in the main event, I think they're going to try and stretch this out a bit longer. But we will get to that when we get to that. So up next is a kind of a... was was billed as a throwaway match, and I honestly thought it would be. It's Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus The New Day's Xavier Woods and Big E. Match starts off hot with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn just beating on Xavier Woods. And then Xavier just... And it's just spending... Xavier Woods is just trying to get to the his tag team partner, Big E, but he just can't get to there because Kevin Owens and Sami just keep cutting him off. Like some really good tag team stuff right here. Then Xavier Woods finally gets the tag to Big E. He cleans house. And then they trade like big moves for a while until Kevin Owens is able to hit a stunner on Xavier Woods and get the three. How do you all feel about Xavier Woods? I mean, Kevin Owens using the stunner as a finisher. I like his new sit-out pop-up powerbomb a lot better. And like, I just can't think of the stunner without thinking of Stone Cold. And I think Kevin Owens doesn't really need to do that stunner like I mean he does it well I'm not saying he doesn't it's just why do a stunner so anyway I'm glad Sammy won too because even though I've been enjoying Sammy's new critic of the critics character I've noticed that he's lost a lot since returning like I think he's only won one match and that was when Drew McIntyre and Corbin helped him beat Braun Strowman in the Money in the Bank qualifier but I am happy that Sammy and Kevin do have this big win because commentary has been bringing up that Kevin is still interested in going after Kofi Kingston in the WWE Championship. Or whoever went, or Dolph Ziggler, depending on who wins. But we'll get to that one when we get to that one. And I think that this win, especially with Kevin getting the pin, is a good kind of motivator for him to say, Hey, I won this big match on a pay-per-view. Give me a title shot. So it's a, it's a very good match here, actually. I was really surprised because I was expecting like I don't know I was expecting a really like short match because this was really kind of just put on the card last minute and I did I wasn't really expecting much and I was also worried watching that the New Day were just gonna win again and I like the New Day but uh, they don't need to like keep winning and winning and winning and winning over and over again it's just why do that though when you can, like, a loss to them would help build up Kevin and Sammy, especially Sammy, who kind of needs some building up after his losing streak. But they won. But Kevin and Sammy won. And Kevin now has kind of a claim to go after the WWE Championship. Up next is Samoa Joe defending his United States Championship against Ricochet. Now, Ricochet won a fatal five way match on Raw that included Braun Strowman, Cesaro, The Miz, and Bobby Lashley. To become number one contender, he became number one contender by eliminating the by beating the Miz with a six thirty. Now this match, I had high hopes for, because Ricochet is high flying, fast paced action. Samoa Joe, he can keep up, but he's also more power and submission oriented, and I think this match more than lived up to the hype. But what I was most shocked by was the ending. Now I thought they would kind of build to this like. Ricochet would probably win the title from Joe at SummerSlam, let's say, after like a chase. But no, Ricochet was able to hit a code breaker on Samoa Joe and go up to the top rope and hit a 630 to win 
and he is the new United States champion. This to me kind of makes me think that the company has a lot of faith in him because they're giving him a singles title, this big win at this pay-per-view. Like, even though he's fairly new to the main roster, like, he's been on for, like, a few months, and half of that time he was spent in a tag team with Aleister Black. So I was very surprised, but at the same time, I was also very happy because not only was it a great match, but it was kind of a coronation of a new star, potential new star, who can really um, elevate the company after, like, you know, everyone's saying, like, oh, it's so bad, even though literally everyone people want is champion. Oh, and I also don't like Ricochet's, like, uh, sound effect. I think it's just dumb. Like, at least they kept the lighting. Like, they had the cool, like... But it's not the laser light anymore. It's, like, more like a spotlight. And I don't know, it just doesn't look as cool as uh, his lasers that he used in NXT. That was an awesome entrance, let me tell you. Nope, next is Daniel Bryan and Rowan, the Planet Champions. Defending against Otis and Tucker Heavy Machinery. Now, since we're in Washington, Daniel Bryan gets a huge ovation. And there's really subtle things. Like, he goes for more high-risk moves a lot more often than he he would in this new heel character. Which I think is very good. Now, I, I'm a fan of Heavy Machinery. I was always entertained by Otis. And I think he and Tucker are very athletic for big men. That being said, this match... Confirm that and more because this was a very entertaining match. It started off a bit slow with Daniel Bryan, you know, feeling like up Otis and Tucker, like trying to get his, his wits about them because he'd never faced these guys before. But then after that, it was just balls to the wall action. Like, and Rowan even looked good, even though his punches kind of looked like crap, honestly. Like, when I was like, he was like, eh, 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 like with his punches, I'm like, Come on, Rowan, you're supposed to be a big, aggressive monster. Lay in those punches a little bit. And, like, Tucker and Otis got time to shine. Tucker even hit a moonsault, which I'm like... Or he attempted to, but I'm like, oh my god, I didn't know he could do a moonsault. Because, like, I'd never really seen him do that, not even in NXT. And, like, you see Rowan do a crossbody. And then you see Tucker return in return do a crossbody, which is like, wow, these big men are just trying to show that they can hang. And boy, can they. The only thing that really kind of weirded me out was Daniel Bryan pinned Tucker with a roll-up. Like, this is a guy who was just WWE Champion a couple months ago. Now, I'm not saying he's been buried since he is, like, leading the SmackDown Tag Division, essentially. But he, I think he could have beat Tucker a bit more decisively than with a roll-up. That being said, it was still a great match that, once again, and you're going to hear me saying this a lot, exceeded expectations. After this is Bailey versus Alexa Bliss. Now, I know when people first heard that this match was going to happen after Bliss defeated Charlotte and Carmella in a triple threat to become the number one contender, they were not happy about this. They were... It's not only about the stupid wild card rule, which, don't worry, I hate too. But it's also more like, because Alexa Bliss, we've kind of... I've, I'm a fan of Alexa Bliss. I think she's great on the mic. I think she's better in the ring than most, most people will give her credit for. And she has a lot of charisma, but I will say that I'm very tired of her just being in the main event scene. Like, just give us a break. Like, we can all use a break from Alexa in title contention. However, my my feeling was like, I remember Bailey and Alexa's abysmal feud in 2017, especially with the whole 
this is your life segment with the horrible acting and Bailey looking like a complete dumbass at every single opportunity. And there's the awful kendo stick on a pole match, which was the less said about that, the better. So I thought that this video was kind of another step in the resurgence of the Bailey character because they they did that at Money in the Bank with not only her winning the briefcase but also becoming champion. That coupled with the little story going on with Bliss and Cross and the fact that the Moment of Bliss segment of the Go Home Smackdown was awesome. I think people got a lot more excited for this match and I think it delivered. Bailey and Bliss like they took turns like being in control of the match and I think Blister actually looked really well because people are saying for a long time, oh, she can't wrestle, oh, she can't bump. But, like, I'm looking at her, it's like, she took, like, the small package or, like, surprise pin into the bomb turnbuckle with head first. And, like, for somebody with a history of concussions, that seems like a very devastating bump to take. And, like, I thought the match was very good. Far exceeded their previous encounters. And I thought Nikki was very good in this match because... She she blocks um, a suicide die from Bailey, and then she like tries to go after Bailey because of the suicide dive, which inadvertently cost Bliss. But I think Bailey looks really good in this as well because she was able to fight and she had this aggressive aggression and tenacity about it that we hadn't seen, and I was so happy about this because one of my biggest problems with ba these kinds of characters, like the happy-go-lucky characters, is like. How can these guys possibly be taken seriously in the ring? Like, Kofi Kingston is happy-go-lucky, sure, but he can get serious when the time calls for it. And Bailey showed just that with this newfound aggression. And I thought it was great. And Bailey gets a big win over Alexa. Further solidifies the SmackDown Women's Champion. And hopefully we can get some new feuds going on with this. And there's a lot of women on SmackDown that can get that can benefit from a feud from this. But me personally. I would want to see a feud where Sasha comes back and she's like, oh, I was attacked after me and Bailey's loss at WrestleMania. And then there's going to be a mystery over the next month. Like, who is it? Who Who's the person who attacked Sasha? But then it's revealed to be Bailey, And we could get a heel turn that would be phenomenal. Like, I remember when R-Truth first turned heel in 2011. Like, my brothers thought, oh, this is going to fail. He can't be a good heel. But R-Truth proved that he was an entertaining heel, and I that was one of my favorite moments of R-Truth. I'm loving him now with the 24-7 championship and all, but heel R-Truth was fantastic. Now up next is Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. This is part of the Shane McMahon-Roman Reigns feud, and I do think Shane's a good heel. I do like him as a heel, but... I think he's been winning a bit too much. Like, he could have at least taken a loss to The Miz. Like, because The Miz has been absolutely floundering ever since this feud ended at Money in the Bank. Or I think it ended at Money in the Bank because they're still, like, kind of interacting and stuff. I don't know. But Roman Reigns comes in. and I kind of like what they're doing with Reigns. Like, he's not booked for any championship matches. He's just, you know... Going through the roster, like trying to earn his way back up to title contention, because we all know before he left with cancer, he was a universal champion. They just didn't give him a title match right oh, then and there. And I think it's kind of warmed him up a bit more to fans. And because I think they're, it's a little bit more natural with him for him to beat all these guys before going after a championship.
Me personally, I would have liked to seen him turn heel. Like, because there are a lot of stupid, stupid people out there who think, oh, Reigns faked his cancer to get over, which is incredibly stupid for a variety of reasons. And he can use that to turn heels like, none of you ever believed in me. You all laughed at me while I was fighting for my life. Like, I think that would have been really cool. Well, let me know what you guys think. So anyway, the match, it was better than their match at Mania, which was kind of a dud. But I thought this match was a lot better. Like, Drew impressed. Roman did some good stuff. There was a bit too much Shane interference. And it was a bit overbooked. And I'm a bit upset about Drew McIntyre losing to a second Roman Reigns match in a row. Like, he lost this one at Mania, and now he lost this one. Because it kind of makes Drew look like an idiot. Because Shane McMahon hit him with the coast to coast. Shane McMahon helped him out all this time. And he couldn't even beat him. Like, I've I always I've been saying for like the past few months, like Drew should stop being a lackey. Ever since he's come to um, the main roster again, he's been a lackey. He was a lackey to Dolph Ziggler. He was a lackey to Baron Corbin, and now he's a lackey to Shane McMahon. Like, you can let him be his own person. Like when they did that with it, the feud with Finn Balor and Ziggler, you got to see his aggressiveness and how like what got him over on the independent scene. Like. His steel cage match with Dolph on Raw, for instance. Like, that's a fan that was a fantastic match. And it showed how aggressive Drew was. And this match, it was good. Like, it was okay. Like, it was so much better than their match at Mania. But these two don't have the best chemistry. And I think it's because their styles are very similar. They're both kind of brawl, brawl, brawly powerhouses. And, like, similar styles sometimes don't clash very well. Which was what I thought was a problem with them, like, just keep going over and over. I did hear there's going to be a handicap match on Raw. I also heard Ricochet and AJ Styles is going to be on Raw. So, we have something to look forward to on Raw now, don't we? Semi-main event is the WWE Championship held inside a steel cage. It's Kofi Kingston versus one of my personal favorites, Dolph Ziggler. Now, when Dolph Ziggler came back after a few months out, he cut a hell of a fantastic promo saying it should have been him that was the WWE champion. He and Kofi fought at Super Showdown, but Dolph lost after a kick to the head from Woods. So he demanded a steel cage match to keep out any interference. And Kofi accepted, which I kind of think makes them both... Look good because Dolph is like, okay, if I want to win this, I have to make sure the New Day don't get involved. And Kofi's all like, all right, fine, I'll fight you on your terms. I'll fight you in your turf because I just know I'll beat you. Which I think is pretty fantastic. And the two had a very good match. It wasn't spectacular by any means. They didn't do really any high spots or do anything like, oh my god, this is amazing. But I thought they did a very good match. Kofi and Dolph... They fought each other many times in the past over the Intercontinental U.S. and even tag team titles. And they do have some fantastic chemistry. So I knew this match was going to be good going into it. And I've, I'm a big Dolph Ziggler fan. I'm still, I still am. Like I know people are kind of cool, cooling off of Dolph Ziggler. But he looks good. He sells fantastically. He can cut a great promo. He's got charisma. He's a great wrestler. 
Um, so I'm like, why is it? Why hasn't this guy been WWE champion? He's been World Heavyweight Champion, but those weren't exactly big reigns. I'm like thinking, how come he hasn't been World Champion? Because in my opinion, I think he can be World Heavyweight Champion today. Like he can beat Dolph Ziggler. I mean, he can beat Seth Rollins or Kofi Kingston today, and I would still be like, yes, yes, that's what I want to see. But back to the match. It was a very good match. Like, you know, you got all the wrestling, the throwing people into the cage, and, like, the emotional aspect with the trash talk and all that, which I thought was done very well. Like, just showing more Kofi's aggressive streak, like, since becoming WWE Champion. He does not want to let this title. He's worked 11 years for go so easily. And then Kofi wins by doing a traditional Kofi high spot. He dives over Ziggler, who's crawling to the rope, crawling outside of the cage and wins by face planting himself on the floor and so I thought this was very good and Kofi I thought he's been having a great reign so far I mean he's been booked strong he's been beating all his challengers he looks good doing it and even with the tag team with the new day like he's still his own guy like he could still talk for himself and like I think during his matches you can see See, like the one with Kevin Owens, like you could see he was more aggressive because since Owens betrayed the New Day. Um, and like I just think they've been booking Kofi really strongly, which I did not expect considering this wasn't the plan going into Mania. By all accounts, it was Kevin Owens who was supposed to dethrone Brian at Mania. But Owens seems to be Kofi's next challenger. I did see, though, like in an Extreme Rules plan that it was going to be Dolph versus Kofi versus Owens in a triple threat match at Extreme Rules, which I would not be against um, because those three can probably work a fantastic match together. But anyway, it's time for the main event. We have Baron Corbin versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship with a special guest referee hand-selected by Baron Corbin. I like Baron Corbin. I actually think he's better here than he ever was on NXT. Because think about it. On NXT, all he had was the streak. All he had was like, oh, I can beat these guys in a matter of seconds. But then when he lost it to Neville, what did he really have? But on Raw, like, and SmackDown, he's a... He's the... His first debut match was winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. He's a former United States champion. He won Money in the Bank. I mean, he didn't win the championship, which I wouldn't have been against at that time, but he won the Money in the Bank briefcase. He was acting general manager of Raw, which I thought really helped improve his promo skills and his charisma, which I always thought his promo skills were lacking. Like, but he got so much better at it. So, I th and I think Corbin is a good wrestler. He's not fantastic by any means, but I think he's very good. I still don't like the fact that he wrestles in a vet, like in a dress shirt and pants though. Like he's not the general manager anymore. Why is he still wrestling in that? But that's neither here nor there. What does matter is that he and Rollins are duking it out again after their match at Super Showdown, which Baron lost. So Seth has been on a mission to prevent anyone from answering the referee's challenge or becoming the special guest referee by being all the potential clients with a steel chair. He did it with Elias, Eric Young, EC3, which by the way, poor EC3, but that's a 
segment for another time. And the B team, and before like this whole thing, and who becomes the who becomes the special guest referee? Lacey Evans. And the crowd shit all over this, and I'm like, I don't see why. Like, it kind of makes sense since Becky and Seth are dating, which I've never understood. I never really understood until tonight why they bothered bringing that up. It just seemed really forced. Like, if they were cool with it, then there's no problems here. But, like, I'm just saying it's very forced, in my opinion. But the match goes on. The match starts, and, you know, the crowd are shitting all over this with their stupid chance. I, I always say, like, uh, crowd can cheer, boo, or be indifferent to whoever they want. That's fine. But if you go to another company, if you go to a company, and then you chant for another company, that's just, that's just weird. Like, why would you do that? Like, you pay tickets to go to a WWE event, but then you chant, AEW, AEW. It's like, why? If you go see, watch the AEW event, Double or Nothing, which I did not see, by the way, but I heard was very good. So, I don't know. And also, I'm sick of those CM Punk chants. He's not coming back. It's been five years. He left. He's done with wrestling. He said it multiple times. And I believe he, like Shane Douglas, is not going to come back to WWE anytime soon. But unlike Shane Douglas, he's not going to come back to wrestling. So anyway, this match was very good. Like, Lacey Evans, like, I thought, played her part very well as the heel guest referee. She starts out, like, you know, with the slow count, and then the count, like, oh, my arm, it got, it got sprained because I'm so evil and corrupt. But then, like, then she goes about changing the rules to fit Baron Corbin's, like, there's going to be no count outs after Corbin got powerbombed through a table. There are no DQs after Corbin hit Rollins with a chair. But then she just goes full out, slapping Seth in the face, and then giving him a low blow, signing up for the end of days. But before Lacey can count the pin, Becky Lynch comes out and just beats the hell out of her. And Corey, with his, oh my god, Corey was just really annoying on this night. It's like, I understand he's a heel commentator, and he wants to, like, you know, help the heels by making... But he does so at the expense of the faces. And he always, like, just has something stupid to say with the heels. Like, oh my god. Like, Jesse Ventura, Bobby Heenan, Jerry Lawler. They were never this, like, delusional. But this is my problem with heel commentators today. Like, in WWE. Like, him, JBL. Heel Michael Cole was actually kind of entertaining. because, And I'll tell you why. JBL and Corey Graves would just spend... Every single show just saying, oh, this is unfair. Oh, that guy's so amazing. It's like they always do it even when we presented evidence like that they are wrong. But Cole, when he did it, he at least got comeuppance. Like there was that match with Cena he had and like people like Alex Riley would confront him. But nobody does that for Graves and or JBL. Like nobody ever confronted them about what they said, which I'm surprised for Corey because... The dude talks shit about a lot of people. He talks about about the New Day, about Sasha Banks, about Bailey. It's like somebody just confront this guy, like put him in his place, because Byron Saxton sure as hell is not gonna do it. Because Byron Saxton sucks as a commentator. Like he is, like that's another thing. He and Corey, like oh my god, I cannot stand when they argue because it is so annoying. They're trying, I, they're trying to do a Monsoon Ventura type of 
we're the heel, we're the face, I'm the heel, he's the face, and we're just going to argue. But, God, they do not come close. They are not good at it. I mean, Corey can be a good commentator. I've He has a way with words. He sounds like he's genuinely excited about what he's doing, and he can call moves. But I hate it when they try to make him like this uber heel announcer. It's just so annoying and played out. But enough about me ranting. Let's get to the end of the match. So after Lacey's taken out, we got referee John Cohn, who counts the pin after Corbin eats a curb stomp. And Seth Rollins retains the title after celebrating with his girlfriend, Becky Lynch, who gives him a good slap on the ass as a as a reward for winning the match. And the show ends with Rollins and Lynch celebrating at the stage. Fade to black. So my overall thoughts on the show, it was it was a very good pay-per-view. Nothing amazing. It was not an amazing show by any means. Most of the matches delivered. I think the only one that didn't was Lynch and Evans. Um, that match went on a bit too long and it just wasn't really all that good or interesting. But the, all the other matches, they exceeded expectations. We got some good surprises with like Gulak and Ricochet winning their respective titles. We had some surprisingly good matches with like Heavy Machinery and Brian and Rowan. The story with Bailey and Bliss and Cross. This like this whole story of the referee, especially guest referee match, was very well done. And Kofi and Dolph, even though it wasn't the most exciting cage match I'd ever seen, that honor would go to Matt Hardy versus Edge. That in 2005, that was a fantastic steel cage match. I thought they did their parts very well too. I've always said that WWE has proven that even if their shows aren't the most, like Raw and SmackDown, aren't the most interesting, they will always, always put on, or for the most part, always put on a good pay-per-view. And I think that this show kind of proves that they can manage that even if their shows aren't the best. So what did you think of the show? Let me know. And like, tell me what you liked. What Did you agree with what I said? Like, did you like Becky Lynch or Lacey Evans? Did you hate any of the matches I liked? Let me know. I'm genuinely curious. So this is me signing off with the Anything I Want To podcast. And we'll see, we'll meet again whenever I want to.